Hello there. My name's Phil Williams and I would like to welcome you to Audio Angling, the podcast site of fishingfilmsandfacts.co.uk. The subject for this particular interview is the Fylde Coast, which from a geographical perspective is that stretch of the Lancashire coast sandwiched between the River Wyre to the north and the River Ribble to the south. Or to put it another way, that bit containing Blackpool's Golden Mile. From a series shore angling perspective, however, it has a couple of golden miles or so itself, probably starting at around the Ginn, then running north around Rossell Point to Fleetwood's Euston Hotel. Outside of Lancashire, the Fylde is probably best known for the quality of its small boat fishing, and rightly so, but for two very important reasons, it also has a very big shore following too. The first of these, in many cases, is ease of access, particularly when fishing at high water from the sea defence walls, which have some very good adjacent car parking. The second, and for the serious shore angler more important factor, is for the consistency and at times quality of the fishing the northern half of the file produces. With me here is Blackpool shore match angler Steve Ball, who was quite literally press ganged with barely a couple of hours of notice into joining fellow Fileboat Angling Club member Dave Joyce and myself to do a brief history on the shore match scene after Dave and I had finished recording a history of the small boat fishing scene in the same area. It's ironic really that we should meet up again like this because just a few weeks ago we were together aboard Tony Parry's Jensen 2 on the Mersey fishing and filming a video on ray tagging. Had I known your shore credentials at that time, I could perhaps have given you a bit more notice. But I didn't, and here we are today, with me waiting to hear all there is to hear about the marks, the species, and the tactics most likely to get a result in these parts. So perhaps you should kick things off by introducing yourself. Yeah, I'm Steve Ball, and I'm the um, shore angling representative with the Foul Boat Angling Club. I'm also, as well, the chairman of the Civil Service Angling Council. I'm a, quite a keen match angler and fish the circuit of open competitions, but I also do quite a lot of pleasure angling. The area I normally fish locally, particularly with pleasure fishing, is from the uh, the Ribble to the Wire, the two estuaries and, and the beaches in between. During the winter period, we do most of our fishing from the shore between the Ginn and Russell Point, unless we get blown off, in which case we would then go, as we call it, round the corner and fish the estuary, the wire estuary. The main fishing really is in the winter period, as far as pleasure fishing is concerned, which uh, is from, say, towards the end of September through into January. During that period, we do catch quite a lot of whiting and cod. Probably the best way forward here would be for you to take us on a seasonal guided audio tour, starting in the south and working north, throwing in tips regarding marks, baits and tactics along the way. This depends again whether I'm pleasure fishing or whether I'm fishing a competition, but pleasure fishing, I would normally fish the Cleavers area myself, and I would normally fish round an area called the Bullnose, which is at the top of Anchors Home Lane, between there and uh, the Fire Boat Angling Club at Little Bispam. That's the area I would normally fish. And I would normally fish low water for codling. I've always had my better fish at low water. If I'm fishing high water, then I would tend to target whiting as well as codling. The baits I would normally use would be fresh black lugworm. As I get my own baits, I would normally fish them ungutted as well for the codling at low water. 
high water then I would normally fish again with, with black lug worm but if I'm fishing for whiting that would normally be gutted worm a few days old tipped off with a little bit of either um, mackerel or squid. For the codlin I would fish the fresh worm or if I'd got it I would use peeler crab either frozen or fresh which does tend to get the bigger cod. At high water, in a lot of instances, you could well be fishing off the top behind the wall, but at low water that obviously is from the beach. So you'll be very familiar with the layout of what can, from my boat launching experience, be a very varied and potentially changeable stretch of beach. Can you describe to us then the range of variation there is between the high and low water marks, and what you specifically will be looking for to fish over? Along that length of the beach there are various areas of rough ground so if I was fishing at low water I would normally fish those areas. There's quite a deep hole off the boat club itself and there is another one more or less opposite what I've termed the bull nose. I would normally head towards those areas and fish into the rough ground if I'm targeting the coddling. Elsewhere I would normally fish where there are any gullies. Now if you go down on a big tide beforehand you can see where these gullies are. Pointless me explaining now where they are because they do move uh, and I would normally fish into one of those gullies as well. The only thing you have to watch fishing low water of course is that um, the fish do tend to come on on the flood so anywhere along that length you would just have to be aware of any gullies behind you particularly if you're fishing into darkness and ensure that these don't fill up before you get across them. And is there any size or state of the tide that fishes better than the rest? I would normally fish not a huge tide because it empties out and goes too shallow at low water, but I'd normally fish as a medium-sized tide, probably about an 8 metre to 8.5 metre tide. And the majority of the fish do tend to come on the first of the flood. If you fish low water during the summer, then you can actually target um, smooth hound as well, and we've had some quite good sessions for those this last year. But with the smooth hound you really do have to fish with peeler crab or failing that with shellfish. But the only snag about using anything in the summer at low water, apart from crab, is that you get stripped with the, with the shore crabs, they strip your bait. So if you're actually using shore crab as bait, you don't tend to get stripped, which means that, you know, you have a better chance of catching the smooth hounds. Working northwards from the Fowl Boat Club area, how far along the beach do you expect to see the smooth hounds? Because from the boat, most seem to be concentrated up in front of and just to the north of the Norbrecht Castle Hotel. You get them all the way along. And you do pick them up at high water as well, but um, you don't tend to get as many at high tide. You have to wait for a school of them coming past. You don't tend to get odd ones. If they're there, you do tend to get a few. The problem, though, is getting them in, particularly if it's high water up the walls, particularly if you're at the Ginn area. But they do come up all the way along now. There's more and more each year and they are getting bigger. When we first started fishing, when the boat club was first set up, we didn't used to get them at all. They are a comparative newcomer to the scene, uh, and they are gradually spreading north with global warming. That's the fireboat angling club area low water marks covered, but what if you want or need to fish at high water along that particular stretch? High water off the wall, depending on the time of the year, I would tend to fish the Ginn Wall area, especially in the spring because the rest of the beaches don't seem to fish that well then. Particularly after a blow, you get uh, a lot of flatties coming in, feeding on the, um, on the shellfish that gets mashed up with the wind. And you do tend to get a lot of fish then along the Ginwall area, where you're fishing off at a 
high up off the wall into into quite deep water and that but that is a high water venue not a low water venue a lot of the fish as well you do get very close in particularly flounders whereas they, they basically come right up to the wall but they do tend to come on uh, shellfish tipped off with what we term creeper locally which are a small ragworm which a lot of areas call maddies but they're also known as harbour rag as well and what you do with those you hook them through the head and just tip off your, your shellfish bait with them what species do you actually mean when you say flatties? Mainly flounders and dabs. You do get the odd place, and um, in one match here before last, I even, I even caught a brill as well. You know, so there, you know there are odd, odd other species mixed amongst them. Yeah, yeah. But it is mostly uh, dabs and dabs and flounders close in under the wall, and if you go further out, then you get whiting and um, and other species. You also pick rockling up as well under the wall. So what's next after the game? The area mainly fished is from from the gin, past what used to be the boating pool, past there. And then after that, normally we start fishing round about the boat club and then carry on all the way along the new promenade at Cleveland's. But the next main area, really after the, the boat club and the bullnose, which I already mentioned, is what we call the five-bar gate, which is at, more or less at the end of the, at the promenade before you get to Russell School. Now down there along that length, there is some quite good fishing, and you can you park your car and you can fish directly opposite your car. It's similar species again, although along there you do tend to pick up a few more bass along there during the summer. Right, you get a few bass yeah. there. After that, then normally where people fish uh, is Russell Hospital. There's a car park there, and they park there. And you can fish along that length there. Again, there's a few more bass there and coddling in the winter. Main baits, again, which is the main bait locally all along, is mainly black worm, which can be bought at any of the, the tackle shops. Going on from the hospital then, uh, the next area where people normally fish is Chatsworth Avenue, which is just as you come up to the golf course, Fleetwood Golf Course. People fish all along there. Following on from that, the next area is um, the Sea Cadet Base at Fleetwood, top of Beach Road at Fleetwood. Again, good car parking facilities. Also, as well, that's an area that, from there on, is an area that can be fished uh, when the other beaches aren't fishable, if there's a westerly wind, because you're sheltered, you just move round the corner then, into the end of the wire estuary. Next after that is another area where there's good car parking facilities, and that is at the top of Dronsfield Road moving into Fleetwood towards the Mount. Again along there it's calm during during any gale apart from um, a strong wind, apart from one which is northwesterly. And uh, along there it's bass and coddling. Um, few more flounders because you're moving towards the river. Further along than that, again a good parking area. You can park at the uh, where the baths are and the um, between the Marine Hall and the Baths, there's a big car park. You can park there and just fish, and fish off Marine Beach. This is a little bit different because in the spring, there's a good run of place there, and they, get, they do get quite big. So it's always worthwhile fishing there from March, April, May, around about that period. Early on, they're a bit thin, but uh, after a few weeks, they do thicken up, and it gets a good place there. After that, you can fish the estuary itself where the old pier used to be at Fleetwood and you can fish there at uh, high water or low water 
virtually any state of the tide. And there it, you can get codling and whiting in the winter. And in the summer there's eels, which protected species at the moment, so you have to put those straight back. Flounders, the odd place. Now that the... Um, the, the um, yeah, the ferries over to Ireland have stopped running from Fleetwood. You can also fish Jubilee Key again now, and that fishes quite well. There was a match there recently, and there were quite a few codling caughts, like two and a half pound plus. Um, and and uh, also as well, you get the odd uh, the odd big flounder in place there as well. Moving across the river, then we've got Knot End. That does fish very well. Um, we have club matches over there now and again. And we've had, you know, one or two matches where there's been some nice bass caught. I had one just over six pound last year in a club competition there. And you also get place over there. Fishing is very good. The only thing you have to watch is if you go out the seaward side of the jetty at Notten, where the ferry goes in. You have to watch it there if it's a flooding tide because it can get cut off. There's a mussel bed there and it comes round behind you. But it's... Quite underestimated, it's very, very good fishing at Not End. I rate that quite high. From your start point down around the Ginn to the Five Bar Gate, the roadside is protected by quite a high sea wall. In some places, such as at the Fileboat Angling Club, you can actually fish stood behind the wall, whereas getting up towards Victoria Road in Cleveland it's more a case of fishing from the top at high water, though obviously all the way along you can also fish the beach when the tide has pulled away. Then beyond the five bar gate it becomes a different kind of sea defence with parts of the concrete that you can fish from and parts you can't because you wouldn't reach the water from the walkway around to Russell Point. After which it becomes a proper beach fishery at all states of the tide. Along much of the high water line and just beyond the upper shore is made up of shingle after which there are all sorts of features such as banks, gullies, groins and beds of boulders. Rather than go through each again describing what the middle to lower shore is made up from, can you now give us an insight into which types of features available you would choose either to fish from or avoid, and obviously tell us why. If I was coming from away then I would make sure I came down when the tide was say halfway in. I would look for where the gullies and channels are and I would pick a spot where I was actually casting into quite deep water where there's a channel or, or, or a gully of some sort, or, or even a pool around the end of a breakwater. The only thing you do have to watch is that in certain areas there are very long breakwaters, and what you don't want to do is uh, on the flood to be on the uh, right-hand side of the breakwater, or on the ebb being on the other side of the breakwater, because fish do tend to swim along with the tide and go around the end of the breakwater so if you fish alongside a long breakwater you're not casting past the end of it you don't get the fish so you, you do have to be careful not to get alongside a long breakwater when the tide's in you won't know where they are if you do come and the tide's in then if there's any ed an edge on the sea you can actually tell where sandbanks are and, or, and gullies are by the, the waves breaking on the bank you can actually see this um, you would cast and drop short if you can't cast over those waves, then you would just drop inside the waves. In, in the, so you're fishing in the actual gully itself. Presumably, when you locate a gully, you'd want to be fishing towards the opening, or perhaps just a little way into it if you get the chance. If I'd got the choice, I would fish where the actual gully runs in. Otherwise, as long as I'm fishing in the gully, I'll be quite happy. I'd also, as well, weigh up what's actually in the gully, where the stones are. Because if there's any stones there, then that's a feeding area for the fish. Or if there's any sort of holes where 
if food's being swept along it would drop into those holes then I would pick somewhere where I could cast into those as well. Reading the beach is very important. You don't want to be casting on top of a sandbank. You can catch fatties on top of a sandbank but by choice I would make sure I'm not casting onto the top of a sandbank and I would normally fish in the deeper water. There can be an exception to that with bass in rough weather where you, you will cast into the rough water that's a little bit different. Now one of the big problems I experienced last winter, that being 2011-2012, with all the wind we had, turned out to be loose weed. At times, for me anyway, it was unfishable. Not being a dedicated shore angler myself, I presume it's something you either have to learn to handle or live with. That doesn't happen that often, but can happen after a pounding gale. If there's a lot of weed in the water, then I wouldn't normally use a leader. I would fish with heavier lines straight through. One of the problems fishing with a leader, if there's a lot of weed in the water, it just lodges on your leader knot when it's coming in and it makes it into a full-scale operation. So I would normally fish without a leader and not, obviously not pendulum cast under those circumstances for safety reasons. If you do plan to fish on a day when you suspect there may be a lot of weed in the margins, can you get round this by selecting a certain part of the tide as opposed to any other, or would you perhaps feel the need to move somewhere else more sheltered and less pounded by the waves? In short, what's your approach to getting round in shore weed problems? The weed problem should ease towards high water. They should have quite a good period of a couple of hours where the weed does ease off, just before and just after high water. But apart from that, I don't normally... It doesn't normally bother me that much weed, as I say, because I fish without a leader knot. And the weed's coming down with the tide, and I would, I would normally cast up tide. And it actually runs down your line then. And you can actually, um, you can actually see it coming down your line. You can actually shake your rod and it'll actually come up your line. So you can alleviate the problem by doing that. Quite often as well, I would fish two rods. When I say fish two rods, I would have two rods. One rigged up ready so that um, I don't waste a lot of time. I can actually wind in and take the weed off and can't use my other rod whilst I'm doing that. I wouldn't use two at once while it's weeded because you just make twice the problem. <laughs> but I'd have a spare rod set up and um, I could alternate the rods then and take the weed off in between. Now again, in my limited experience of shore fishing the North Fylde, I would say that it's not a particularly tackle-hungry area. What end tackle I have lost has tended to be through me getting snagged up at the ends of groins when I push my luck too far by casting too close. You don't lose much tackle at all. As you've just said, it's mainly round groins. And one of the things that uh, a lot of the locals do is actually walk along the beach and check the groins after, after a blow and pick up quite a bit of lost tackle. The only other lost tackle you find is stuff that's been casted off. But there's, there aren't many snags, no. no, no. It's very snag-free. If you go around the corner and fish in the estuaries, then it's a little bit different. But that's another type of fishing which I haven't mentioned, actually. The summer fishing is very good in the estuaries, for, particularly for flounders. Very good, both the ribble and the, uh, and the wire. When a venue is fairly snag-free, that can free you up in terms of what you choose in the way of terminal rigs and the materials or items you construct them with. That being the case, what would you choose out of preference? Have you, like most anglers, got a small number of favoured rigs or do you tailor them to suit the occasion? Fishing. I do tailor them for the different types of fishing, but having said that, I do mainly fish with a flapper normally, flapper rig with uh, three hooks, unless I'm fishing for bass when I would just fish with a single hook. 
for the bass I normally keep it very simple just a lead below a three way swivel with a long flowing trace a long trace from a long snood and about anything above a 2-0 hook but I normally fish crab all through the summer anyway I don't normally fish with anything else I take it a flapper rig is one with shorter shortest droppers coming off above the lead yeah and I use the same, very similar version but clipped down if I want distance then I would clip it down a flapper is an unclipped rig with three hooks like a paternoster style above the lead and clip down to the lead that's the normal rig I use and it's the normal rig I use for most of my fishing whether it's for flounders or off the actual beach whether it's estuaries or not I just vary the length of the snoods basically I try to keep things simple what if you have someone come along wanting to catch fish off the file, but they're not a spectacular pendulum distance caster? Should they necessarily struggle to catch fish? Or are the fish also to be had closer in? It's a mix of all sorts. Distance casting, particularly in matches, can be a big advantage, and you do tend to get the distance casters winning the majority of competitions. But for pleasure fishing, it's, it's not essential, no. No, it's not. What about fixed spool reels for casual anglers not comfortable with multipliers? Will that choice limit what's on offer to them? Fixed spools aren't exactly what they used to be. It's a much bigger spool now. And also as well you can get longer rods now. You don't necessarily need to pendulum cast and you don't necessarily need to fish with a multiplier. A lot of people look down on fixed spool anglers and tend to think that it's a novice's reel. But that's not the case and I have actually switched now from a multiplier to a fixed spool and I use a fixed spool all the time but you don't need a multiplier no don't let anybody be put off by that fixed spool can be just as good as a multiplier and you can get the distance with a fixed spool as well especially now as I say that uh, you can buy long continental type rods 16, 15, 16 foot I've even got one 18 foot a rod that I use and what about lead choice do you go for wired or plain I mainly use a breakaway type lead which anchors in and you can just break them free when you retrieve. The only occasions that I normally use a plain lead now are if I'm fishing for um, flounders, flatfish and I want my bait to be moving, then I use a plain lead. But normally now on any venue I, I normally use a breakaway type lead. I'm going to try to narrow things right down now by putting you completely on the spot. If you was restricted to just one summer and one winter trip around the file, what conditions would you be hoping for? Where would you fish, how would you fish, and what would be your target species? In the winter, my choice would actually be my own beach virtually, more or less in front of my boat angling club, at low water, fishing for cod. And I would probably, under those circumstances, use a single, quite large hook on a flowing trace, and I would also fish with peeler crab as my bait, as I normally have those anyway. I get all my own bait. And I would fish low water for, for codling, but not on a calm sea, with a good edge on the sea and a bit of surf. That would be what I would do in the winter, and quite a few of us do that. We run matches from the boat club every week, and the low water matches in the winter are quite productive in that area, and we do get some good codling. And in the summer? In the summer, then I would tend to fish the estuaries for flounders particularly where there's a chance of an odd bass and my, my favourite spot basically is not end. I enjoy fishing over there and I've had some nice bass over there as well and some decent place. Again it's another peeler crab venue because um, 
personal choice, I tend to fish crab nearly all the year round. It does tend to winkle out the bigger fish. But unfortunately, if you're buying it, it is quite expensive. Looking back over the years, there have been some particularly spectacular and at times unexpected catches made from the file shore. Bass to £15 recently, and the £13.5 turbo from the Old North Pier Jetty, just to name a couple. Two questions spring to mind here. The first being, what, if any, spectacular catches have you seen or made, and where should normal expectation be pitched? Well, my best cod, it's going back a while now though, unfortunately, is one of £15, although having said that, uh, when the big cod were about, this was in a, in a foul boat club match, one of the lads had a cod over £30, and that was at low water. A mate of mine had one into double figures and thought they were joking when we got back to the weigh-in, and there was this 30-odd pounder there. Lately, the best we've had, probably about six, seven pound, really. Although there are some bigger fish about. There's a nice smooth hand as well last year, and they're actually getting just into double figures now as well in the summer, some nice smooth hand. There's more bass about now than there's ever been. Again, there's been quite a few... I know of them up to £8 off the beach, although there are rumours at the moment of a £15 coming up over the Christmas period. But uh, I can't substantiate that because <laughs> I've only heard that uh, by word of mouth. What about Thornback Rays? Forgotten about them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've had quite a few of those. <laughs> They're another one that we didn't use to get, but this last few years they seem to have put in an appearance. But that's not just here, because uh, they've also done the same in the Mersey as well. We said a lot of areas now we seem to be getting Thornback Ray. We had a competition, what, a couple of months ago, and there were three or four caught in that. That was down around the Five Bar Gate area. In the, in the summer months, yeah, they, they do put in an appearance. Difficult to target, um, and you can spend a lot of time after them. But if, you've t if you're targeting those, then you've, uh, you do also pick lesser spotted dogfish while you're fishing for them. And another fish that has been the odd one caught this last couple of years have been the odd huss as well caught off the beach, which we didn't used to get. Gurnards, they're another fish that there, a few of those are now showing up, but they're not very big. They're all tub gurnard, um, but I haven't yet seen any decent ones caught off the beach, but they are a fish that is showing now. Tope again, we get a lot of tope pups, but having said that, there have been the odd tope as well into, into double figures. It is only the odd one. But there again, I don't think people specifically target them, so if people did target them, then I think there is a chance that you'd pick a decent one up. What's the situation with the three piers these days? I've spent many a happy winter's evening on the North Pier jetty before it disappeared. There's no jetties now, of course, on any of the piers. That I can remember I used to fish Central Pier jetty as well at one time, so, you know, showing the age a bit there. But there's only one pier you can fish off now, and to fish off the North Pier, it is run by a club actually, and you have to be a member of that club to fish off the North Pier. But there's no jetty, you can only fish off a certain part of the pier as well. It's the old Solwick Angling Club, so I'm not, but I'm not 100% sure who you would actually contact to join to fish that. Would the quality of the fishing there these days warrant the trouble or expense of joining the club, or can you get the same fish without the jetties now off the beaches? It's a bit better off the pier, they do get more fish off there, but having said that, it's only basically the same species as off the beach, there isn't a huge advantage. 
and you do have a problem parking your car to get on there. You have to park your car miles away. There were quite a lot of smooth out court, uh, but you, you do get a lot more mackerel off there than off the beaches, so if you wanted to get mackerel for bait, then that's the place to go. But it doesn't fish quite like it used to when they had the jetty on. So all in all then, how would you sum up the fishing generally along the stretch you've been talking us through? Well, people say that, uh, you know, the fishing has deteriorated, but to be honest with you, I, I enjoy it probably more now than I used to because there are a lot more species available now to be caught and there's certainly more bass now. A lot of bass are being caught commercially but there's certainly more bass caught now off the beaches than there used to be but a lot of them are small. There's a lot of school bass now. There's less cod and this year there's been less whiting uh, but there are certainly more fish and the smooth out fishing is great in the summer. So and, and as you just mentioned as well you get thornbacks now so there are quite a lot of fish to be caught. It's certainly worth going. And finally for Filecore shore angling, what do you think the future holds? Well, the way things are at the moment, the future is quite good. Quite good. It's just we're not tending to get the fish as big because they're being taken back commercially mainly and they just don't have the chance to grow. But fishing wise, uh, you know, I enjoy my fishing just as much as I used to and um, it's nice to see all these different fish now. There's even been reports in the boat of black bream. A mate of mine who runs charter boat, he's had black bream. There's a lot of fish now that we didn't used to get. Not being a regular shore angler myself, Steve's talk through has given a lot of pointers which I'm sure I'll find very, very useful next winter when those howling westerlies come streaming through off the Atlantic, keeping our small boat fishing ambitions at bay. I would, however, like to apologise to Steve for the ultra-short notice given. There is certainly plenty of good solid info there for everyone and sometimes it's better actually when you don't get time to plan what you intend to say. It most certainly worked out very well in this case. Mm -hmm.